resets, do it again. I'm in Max, Max, Max. You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Thank you for joining us for season 19, <laughs> episode 13 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. Nick. Uh, Edward. Heard a joke about a pizza. Never mind too cheesy. Proby Tim. And two new guys. Hi. Uh, we just did like 30 minutes of the show, and I realized that our, our lag was terrible, so my backup recordings were gone, and I forgot to hit the record button on the machine, so we had no recording of any of it. Hi. Oh, but he's nerfing. We're gonna, Hi there. We're going to go, gonna go through this real fast for those watching live. Do you want to do the, introduct the, the blurbs again, or no? Or the brief who are we for people you know, who You know where to email us? HappyJacksRPG at gmail.com. That's the most important one. Find us on Twitter, HappyJacksRPG, all the things. Watch live, HappyJacksRPG slash Twitch, or live. Uh, in this episode, Neil writes in about harsh realities of gritty games, and from Canada sends thoughts on pre-rolling perceptions and the 1983 world scout jamboree. Brad from Midmo asks about minimizing prep in an online game. Harold from St. Louis, which might also be in Midmo, sends us a gaming horror story, and Brian... Sends a horror story about himself's first email, and they missed everything about Human Centipede. They totally did. We had an awesome <laughs> Human Centipede conversation. It was it was it great. Got very meta. We came up with a way to meta the whole franchise. If you see one of us at a con or at fair or anything like that, come and ask us. We'll be happy to tell Actually, you. Actually, no, up. I'm going to opt out of being asked <laughs> about Human Centipede. Just saying. <laughs> the harsh reality of gritty games from Neil. Um, I've been listening to your podcast for a few months and wanted to say thank you for providing entertainment, informative perspectives on role-playing systems, and the inspiration for me to get back into the hobby after several year break. Uh, I am pretty much set RPGs aside until I got connected to the podcast thing, Happy Jacks in particular. I can't recall the details of how I first got into RPGs, but I started with the Red Box D&D edition when I was in elementary school. I never actually got into a real campaign back then, but collected all the box sets, red, blue, aqua, and black, and a few of the original AD&D books, the, first true, the true first edition, and enjoyed simply reading through them. It wasn't until uh, high school that I truly started playing, and by then it was AD&D second edition, as well as Cyberpunk, Mechton, and Star Frontiers. This leads me to the issue I'm writing about. I'm currently listening to your taint-filled backlog. I don't know um, the episode offhand, but it's uh, but it was sometime when the Human Centipede Two was soon to be released, and that was one of the gags in the, sh- the show, pun intended. Uh, in one of the episodes, you guys talked about uh, what I will par- paraphrase as realistic versus her- uh, heroic systems. It's good discussion, and one that involved fair expectation of death. I would posit, however, that PC death should only occur in the most extreme cases. Let's say your group has been played playing for a few months or even years. Each PC is fleshed out uh, with a background, and the campaign has already explored various story threads from those backgrounds. How many of those threads get lost when a PC dies? Certainly there are some, uh, th- there are some that other characters can continue, but in a well-formed PC, a large chunk of story will be lost. It is the succulent fruit of the story arc less valuable than maintaining a system of gritty realism. Likely, the death occurred from a lucky roll of the GM or an unlucky roll from the player. How much has been lost based on one or maybe two rolls? At the height of my group's gaming, most of the players were writing multi-page summaries of each, each episode. 
often adding character images from the web using real actor real actor slash model images since no one can draw. There's a hell of a lot of real time investment in, to be lost in those few tense moments. Uh, that being said, there must be some kind of real danger. Your prior discussion got me thinking about the topic, and I think I've settled on on death having a place only when a player agrees to it or does something so obviously dumb that death is warranted. Uh, in all other cases, what I'm considering now is something other than penalty, some other kind of penalty. An example would be a permanent injury, missing limbs, speech impediment, leaky eye, um, or a, in the fantasy game, the ritual to resurrect the character requires uh, a permanent stat loss. Just making sure. Yeah. Permanent stat loss. I lost my spot. Uh, permanent stat loss from someone else, PC, or a beloved NPC, and or the character. Thank you. Uh, it, uh, it is, is it something any of the Happy Jacks crew ha have done as GMs or experienced as players? Do you have other ways of penalizing players in lieu of killing them? Uh, well, you kill characters generally. Uh, or, <laughs> or when a PC is about to die. Not if you're playing right. How do you, how do you as a black leaf, how do you as a GM weigh that decision against the loss of of all those story threads. I'm planning to start up Savage Worlds uh, Savage Worlds game soon, so I'm trying to think this all out now. Ideas, thoughts, stories would be great. Keep up the excellent podcast and take a drink. Neil, Eldrin on the forums. P.S. I live in South O.C. and would love the opportunity to game with you guys sometime. How do I audition? I, I don't know. Come to one of the cons and come and talk to me. Uh, P.P.S. Tyler's Christopher Walken impression is awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, so how do I audition to come here? Like, okay, prepare a small uh, <laughs> example of your stats. Five minutes of a drama, <laughs> and uh, drama. Two minutes of a comedy, <laughs> or and your best min max character, <laughs> or 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 just bring lots of beer. Let's you could do, do that. That's not a bad approach. So, so I will not stop is you. for the professional, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So there's two camps of thought on this, having recently gone through a big discussion kind of related to this on the forums. And I tend to fall in the second camp. But the first camp is, if you decide that a player only dies when everyone agrees on it, or, or you know when the GM has decided that the death is good enough, you're taking the... You're, you're taking the, 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 the consequence of the player's choice away from them. Mm -hmm. The second camp is what I am, which is uh, maybe you let you know the game decide that. Uh, I've been running a, a, a Agents of Shield type game, and what I've done is when you get to zero hit points, you're out of the fight. Mm -hmm. And then if the narrative supports it, you die. If not, then you know you wake up later tied to a chair or whatever. Right. There's two basic camps. I wanted to make sure they both got got um, you know represented. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I like that. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's another... It's not really a camp, but I think that it's something that, that the GM and the player should all talk about before they get started, which is, how are we going to deal with death in the, in the scenario? Are you comfortable with the character dying? Are you comfortable with that happening um, on a random basis? And even just sort of the story everyone wants to tell. If everyone wants to tell a... You know, a, a like a Maltese Falcon, a noir story, well, people are going to get knocked out a lot more than than shot in the street, you know, like a dog. If people want to play something very heroic, very wushu, no one ever dies. Everyone is <laughs> flying around and 
right. you know, being thrown through brick walls and that's cool. If you want to play more realistically, then that just needs to be a conversation that everyone has and agrees to at the beginning, is, is how I see it. But I think um, what he describes is one way to play a gritty game. But uh, if, you, if, you're try- now, if we're talking about a realistic gritty game, lives end and those stories end. Yep. I mean, for anyone who's lost yeah. a family member, like my dad died last year, and there's all kinds of extended family members who now have no way to contact each other. Because he was your focal contact point? Because was, he was the central contact point. He it's was, like, these cousins talk the to, talk to yeah. this person who talked to this person, and then and, and we're now starting to kind of piece together that on, on Facebook, but like I have an, an, an aunt who lives not far from here, and I have no way... She's too old to be on Facebook. No way, uh, n- no idea. She's live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean, yeah. And it's like, and the, you when when you have a character, it can be a very poignant moment when you have a character who has all kinds of aspirations and goals, and suddenly they're, they're gone. gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's an interesting story too. Sorry, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm not saying that what that that no, you're not doing it right. If you what you invest that and you want to be able to have the payoff on that investment in that character background, that's great. But I, the other way, I think, can be just as dramatic, if not maybe more. Well, and it becomes a story as well about all of the other player characters. How do they react to this person's death? Which may have been, like you said, in a couple of weird lucky unlucky rolls completely random and pointless. Do they try and follow up that person's memory and their goals and, you know, try and achieve closure? Or do they, you know, go off and murder hobo somebody else? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I do think that um, if you're going to have a game where a random death from a stray bullet and a gunshot from some mooks can happen, that you need to make sure the players are aware of that at the beginning of the campaign. Sure, absolutely. Because I think there's sort of a general default expectation that if you're gonna die, it's gonna be in some epic fight, or, you know, as opposed to in some, like, and bandits caught us in a random encounter, and oh, I just died. Um, so it's so interesting, just for the people who miss, who aren't seeing this live, so they can get the recording, uh, I currently am on a plot team for a LARP called Dying Kingdoms. So this is something that I've had a discussion with some other people, not necessarily in that LARP, but in general, uh, because he's talking about, like, investments in stories they've written, I have people who have made costumes and bought props <laughs> and spent real money on their characters for this game. Now, it is a fantasy setting, so magical resurrections are available, um, though not necessarily common. Kind of depends on how many of my players have decided to be <coughs> necromancers. Um, <laughs> don't let that happen. Uh, but, you know, so we can have a few people die, but then true, true permanent PC death is kind of rare, and it's because we want it to be dramatic. Um, so. A lot of times in our game, it's like if you get beat down to the point where you fall over, um, you have like five minutes to be stabilized before you actually bleed out. And right. So usually someone will get to you and do something so that you don't actually bleed out or drag your ass back to where you can get healed. And then even if you die, you get a few deaths, you know, they can get you to the place where the people who have done the risky magic thing to actually bring you back from the dead can actually do that for you. Uh, we do have a death draw where each time you die, you have more chances of random bad things happening to you as you come back. One of them being you don't come back. Right. <laughs> That's kind of a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so we have the death draws, but it's something that we talk about because you have to be careful because some people want more risk. And I think the issue is that if you put resurrection as a talent in a game, no matter how rare or behind, like 
the hoops you have to jump through. Someone will jump those hoops yeah, as sure. fast yeah. as they can, and they will get there to where they are, the reser. And in some ways, you like that, because sometimes people do accidentally die, and you're like, whoops! Well, good thing I got someone can bring it back, because that wasn't dramatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, or if it's dramatic enough, but... Uh, yeah, as we're running these games, we can sort of tell our people, don't killing blow them in this fight. But for the big fight, you can actually try to kill the, the PCs if you get a chance. Um, but again, you don't actually want a TPK. If you as a GM want to kill all your players, that's adversarial gaming. So unless you're playing Tomb of Horrors, that's not what you should be doing. Right. And then, um, and then there is also... Or, or, may, or Call of Cthulhu. Or Call of Cthulhu. There's, there, sure. there, are, there yeah. are games where a, a TPK is... An ine- not inevitable result, yeah. but a common result, and expected by everyone yeah. at the table. There's a and game that I played a couple of rounds in called Paranoia, where literally, yeah. like, you're granted well, six, six clones. Yes. Friend <laughs> yeah, friend, friend computer. And so it's like, hey, you're expected to die at least a few times through the course of it, but zap, oh, my clone's back. And there is, of course, the question of system, just generic system as yeah. well, too. You know, if, if, if you want to play a game where it's not gritty and realistic, don't run it in GURPS. Yeah. You know, if you want to play a game where you've got some more leeway like that, eh, you know, play like a Savage Worlds, where you've got bennies and 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 all well, that or kind of even stuff. just like Hero, or hero, or hero I was going to say Hero, yeah, you know, generic, but it, it supports a lot more durability for characters yeah. if you don't go to the mat with killing attacks. All yeah, the take take right. away the the lethal damage, killing damage, you killing, 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 yeah, take away killing damage and attacks that do body, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that's what I, I I adapted some some concepts from the hero damage system for Blood Blade and to, or for Moment of Truth, mm-hmm. and it really has, and there but there's dials to it so you can say okay it's going to be it's going to be scary or no this is going to and I just finished running a pulp sci-fi mm-hmm. adventure, and people were getting shot left and right by their ray beams, <laughs> and those things do mostly the equivalent of a stun. It's called minor wounds rather right. than serious wounds. And then so one one of the char- one of the characters there, there was a, a bunch of Germans because it takes place like pre World War One and yeah. airships in space right, and uh, one of the one very, of the very ger- <laughs> German soldiers yeah yeah there you can breathe it's like and, yeah. sp- space eighteen eighty nine yeah I think was yes the- it was <laughs> kind of like that yeah I mean there's gravity that and it down is that way in space <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, but they there's a bunch of German soldiers with the little pickle halbas and they're on their ship and they're like and they start shooting them with guns and boy players are like oh my god I'm, I'm almost dead <laughs> I'm like yeah you got shot with a rifle round rifles are called rifles because they're rifles not because they're <laughs> pistols or, so, or slingshots so that means all of the all of the planets rotate on the same plane on the same together plane. yes of course yeah. and, and you're on the top of a planet and then you're on the bottom of we a don't planet t- we don't talk about we don't talk about how you actually land on the planet? Okay. Physics works in the way it's most convenient. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's cinematic physics. <laughs> it, it is definitely cinematic physics. So, so the um, but I, I, I mean, if you're doing it and it, it's working, that's fine. But I, I don't. I mean, for me, for a, a game to really have that sort of gritty, really tense moment, there has to be a very realistic chance for me playing of my character dying. That's like in the Savage Worlds game. You can die in Savage Worlds. You can. Yeah, you can. And it's actually not that hard to kill characters in Savage Worlds. It's not. It's hard to kill characters in Glitter Boy armor in Savage Worlds. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my character's like... You're pretty worth tanking around. I, and, and that's the way I play it. I mean, when, we, when Bill introduced his second character after he killed his own character, 
before. Mm. He, I did not kill him, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, yes, I botched a die roll, but it was going to hit Samantha's Everyone. character. <laughs> well, mostly Samantha. Mostly yeah. Samantha. And Samantha, would, I'm sure she would have survived that hit. She's a dragon. Yeah. She survive. Yeah. He decides, but he thinks he's her mother, so he decides to use the blaze of glory thing for the crazies yep. and jump in front of it and sacrifice himself. So I did not kill his character. He killed his own character. Anyway. Um, Semantics for the win. Right, exactly. <laughs> Although I just pictured him going, oh man, I got a raise against myself. Oh man, look at all this damage I'm doing against myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> How come I keep spending bennies to increase the damage against myself? I'm none to soak. Why am I not spending pennies? To, to <laughs> but when he um, when he came up with this new character who was a kid, we sort of all kind of adopted him and like, well, we'll kind of show you the ropes and everything. And we got into a fight with, I don't even remember what it was, uh, flying monkeys or something. I don't know. But we got in a, we got oh, in this fight. Yo. And uh, there's no like point. one left, <laughs> and he's taking a couple shots and oh, missed. Oh right, right, I remember. And we're all like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold. We're all gonna hold. We're gonna, he needs to learn how to. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, so, aim. so we're in the middle and of combat. Saying, no, 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 aim now. And, so, and it's Look like down the side. It's like, no, I'm going to hold. And then Kimmy's going, no, I'll hold too. And we're like, all going to wait and let him so he can get his shot off. <laughs> so he can get his first, you know, flying monkey kill or whatever it was. And, and, and. I think it was the Dog Boys, actually. It might have been Dog Boys. It might have been Dog Boys. And so that was. The very opposite of Gritty, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And that yeah, was yeah, a, yeah. a blast to do. But. I don't have any real sense of danger. So it's like, mm. okay, yeah, we're in combat and there's someone shooting at us. <laughs> I don't care. But that's okay. I'll just hold here and watch this guy shoot. We want to make sure that he mm. learns. we got to learn the boy, right? Right. Adam's got to do some teaching. <laughs> right. So <laughs> Now don't let him suffer, boy. <laughs> you know, in, in, if, if we had been playing that in GURPS and the person shooting at us that we're not really exactly certain where they are is using a sniper rifle? Oh, yeah. I'm not holding... No, I'm not even standing you're, up in the middle of the... You're diving for cover behind the biggest rock you, you can bet find. your ass I am. And then, and then you're grabbing other rocks and pulling them over the... <laughs> Let me look. Uh, yeah, over the uh, top of yourself. See, that's Tom, what it would have been like. You're taking a hit to the inertial dominators. Perfect. <laughs> right. Sorry. A little back. Back a little bit back that way. Little that's back. what happens when you gesticulate Perfect. too wildly right. in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Rawr! I want to get them on drones that just hover in the exact same place. <laughs> if I hit them, they go... <laughs> 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 or they just they just stay focused, right? But, but I think you got the point. That is kind of because you, you want ideally you want the players to feel their characters are going to die to be scared of it. Yeah, yeah. but you don't actually want to kill them all, right? Um, and, and and that's something with the LARP that's some, a tricky balance sometimes because they know they've got people who can bring them back from the dead. Some people won't take it as intensely um, than others, but. So, so what, one trick as an option is either like options besides death is like, well, what was their objective? Well, they just failed that objective. So maybe the character doesn't die, but maybe the kids they were protecting now does. Right. You know, or he's like, so like maybe have, you know, you know, and we've used that a couple times in the game where it's like, because if the, if the bad guy's goal is to kill us all, well, it's not going to happen. We're not going to let TPK happen. Right. But if you make their goal to do something else that's not involving my death, they don't have to kill me. This has got to get me out of the fight, and then they're going to do the thing that I was trying to stop. Right, and exactly. so that might be like have it be a story consequence that if you, if you go down in the fight, well, guess what? That old lady who you were was ducking, that you were helping protect is now just squished splat on the street. Mm-hmm. It's your fault, you right? Failed. You failed. You failed. <laughs> you know, uh, Neil. Neil, what I would say here, like to use your specific examples again, I would talk to everybody before you decide that you're going to do something like the permanent injury because some people might prefer to just have a new character rather than have a character mm-hmm. who's now. 
you know, missing an arm, like you said, or like an archer or, without an arm or something, right, or something like that. <laughs> they might just want to go. No, just re-roll. That's fine. Um, I, I, I can certainly say if everyone's on board with that, there's excellent opportunities for role play. Like, how does that? How does that individual who was an archer now deal with the fact that they have one arm? Do yeah. they learn you know, to shoot with their foot? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> do they, you know, become one of those guys that sit down and use the foot bow yeah. thing, or, um, or do they maybe start? Buying up all their skills in guns, and they go the the um, what's the DC like arm arse, arsenal route? Oh, uh, is it arsenal? Yes, <laughs> you're right. Speedy gets his arm Speedy cut clone off, clone or something like that. Yeah, thing. and then he gets the. You're thinking young, is it young or something? Yeah, yeah, something like Good that. Job. I mean, maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that's another route that they go. But definitely <coughs> talk to your players ahead of time and let them know uh, what you think should happen, and see if they're on board with that. And if they're not on board with that, well. Then figure out a system that everyone's happy with. But yeah. yeah, you don't want to. I mean, I, I've had characters. I don't remember what we were playing, where the where uh, someone had something happen to a character. It was it would have been GURPS, where you can lose limbs, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like baked into the rules, yeah. right? And someone was attacked, and it was like an axe attack to a leg or an arm or something like that. I think it was an arm to disarm someone, and that they did like. Like you have to like half your total health, and that limb is automatically severed. So it's like, okay, now I, I, I'm missing my right arm. Mm-hmm. I can no longer mm-hmm. hold a sword, and I'm right-handed. So and they re- ended up retiring the character. It was actually kind of worse than death. Yeah, oh, yeah. because that character. It's like I just don't want to play the character anymore because now the character isn't can't do what the character did before, and mm-hmm. it's just suddenly become yep. incredibly his his the one thing that he was really good at. He's just not good at it. He's not good at it. Now that could be a very interesting story to tell. If you have a player who gets into that sort of kind of tragic, perhaps downward spiral, spiral mm-hmm. kind of story, but a lot of players would be like, yeah, I like story and all, but I also like to be kind of a badass at something, yeah. and yeah. now I'm not a he badass. He retires and buys a bar, like he always was talking about. <laughs> well, <Right. laughs> just, just learn to be the most badass one-armed rifleman ever. Right. Or knows maybe if someone finds a silver well, arm and he starts it, forging drink lances. It does remind me of a... <laughs> right? No, there you go. Yeah. It does remind me of a set of kung fu movies, which was called uh, The One-Armed Swordsman and The One-Armed Swordsmen, which are reversed. The One-Armed Swordsman only has one, but The One-Armed Swordsman has like four dudes who have one arm who are all badass. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese kung fu wielding <laughs> swordsmen. It is hilarious. Is that on Hulu? <laughs> I will check. I don't know. I just, offhand, I, I just resubscribed to Hulu because I wanted to watch um, Twelve Monkeys. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. without buying it. Yeah. Right, right. And they have it. They have the the full thing. Okay. The uh, first two seasons on it. Oh my god, it's so good. Mm, I'm so behind on shows. I was so shocked. I'm like, wow, this is on Sci-Fi because Sci-Fi they can be real hit and miss. They've actually upped stuff. their game a lot on a yeah. lot of their good stuff. The Expanse was fantastic. Oh my god. And I, uh, it's, it, it's a divisive, but I actually like the magicians a lot. I haven't seen it. I've seen the first season of that one. Is it what is it, is it like a? It's based on a book by or a series of books by Lev Len Grossman. Lev Grossman. Um, think of it's it's an American school of magic for adults. So they're all like you know college college. college. college Mm-hmm. College kids, so American um, Harry Potter in college, right? Mm-hmm. But it also takes a lot of like a skewed version of like Narnia. Okay. So like, there's this alternate land, and it's very, it's clearly Narnia with the serial numbers filed off, right? Um, but it takes a very much 
more adult look at how people who are sort of dysfunctional would deal with having magic. Oh, okay. And people who are, you know, not not great people. Right. <laughs> Right. Like there's one house that's definitely the party house where they have drinks and are smoking drugs all the time. <laughs> right, there. right, right. Like you do at a college sometimes. Yeah, sure, there's yeah. there's that that house if you want to get toasted. <laughs> all right. Uh, and that's on sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I think the first season is also on Netflix. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know for sure the first season's on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, the second season's probably coming soon because it Cause, just yeah, wrapped. Yeah, it, wrapped it was current. About so about a month ago, second, I think. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Answer his question. Yes, enough? I think we did. Thank you very much, Eldrin Neil, Dinosaur Neil. I'm going to go. Probably would have had more time. <laughs> I, I, I will throw out over. one thing, and again, it's partially because of the LARP stuff. So we get players who like stories, who like, sure. you know, because, you know, half the people want to be actors anyway. If you're coming to a LARP, that's what you get. Um, <laughs> so the few permanent PC deaths we've had most often has been the PC's choice. Right. Uh, most recently, we had a young half elf who basically uh, got bound to a demon. She kind of goes like it's her fault that this demon's affecting all her friends. And our game, the only way to truly kill a demon is a pure sacrifice. So she like literally sacrificed herself uh, to kill this demon. And the way you do it is that you basically draw the demon into yourself and bind it to your own body, and then your friends have to kill you. Right. Okay. <laughs> and so we have this great dramatic moment of her choosing to, to die off, and you know all the recipes, be, crying emotion. That's awesome. Thing. So I, I mean, especially. But was that really pure? If she wanted to be remembered as a hero. I don't know. That seems a little vainglorious. She didn't care. She got <laughs> well. Yeah, you could say that, but it, it, it's very much the the person who basically what it was the person who was going to do it. Like I am the big uh, armored guy, tough guy who I will sacrifice myself to be the hero. And she's like, and she's the one who's like, no, it's my fault. I'm gonna go behind his back and make the deal that needs to happen. Carve the runes into my chest so that I can be that has to be the one that it's done to, which pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> you know, no, it was supposed to be you. You're the sweet one. Right. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be you. Yeah. <laughs> I can see a bunch of out of work actors. <laughs> but oh, yeah, with I all mean, their lift cars parked in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I credit. When you think improv, you think comedy and jokes. I've some of the most best melodramatic improv are like. Oh sure, I bet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet. Um, uh, thoughts on pre rolling perception and scouting in Canada from N in Canada. Who would like to read? I got it. I got it. New guy. Yeah. Yep, yep that's right. Jumping in. Uh, P.S. Yes, tis I, the pre skip. Pre-script guy from Kanukistan. If you're parched, please partake. I will, as talking is soon to follow and lubricated lips lisp less. That's what you think. <laughs> Damn it, Scully. Thank you, Scully. <laughs> Scully for president. Uh, hey, team. NN here from Vancouver, Canada. You were talking about pre-rolling dice for perception. I'm a fan of pre-rolling and have been doing so for a while. Perception and insight checks are great for this, but pre-rolling initiative is the best. Sitting at the table, virtual or real, people are always visiting before the game. The GM announces, I'd like everyone to make three perception checks and three initiative rolls. After giving them a minute to make the rolls, the GM asks each player for their list of six numbers. The game starts. There's now no need to give away information to the players by saying, you enter the room, give me a perception check. The narrative flows much better. As you enter the room, Snack feels a light breeze on his left and notices a thin line of floor where the dust doesn't collect. This is obviously out of place. And Snack can choose to do what he wants with this information. If you're more organized than I am, you can even have a note ready to hand anyone that makes the roll, or if several make it, give a note to the highest. Pre-rolled initiatives are even better for narrative flow. Do we want to break this up? or? Yeah, well, we, yeah, we can a little. Uh, okay. um, I, I, 
I no, wish no, no, I, could, I, I wish I could do it in in in, um, in uh, Old World of Darkness, but I don't know what the target number is. Well, um, you hmm. could collect a whole bunch of arrays. <sighs> <laughs> okay, give me your oh, first yeah. roll of ten dice. Nine, <laughs> five, eight. Maybe your second roll of ten. Well, three, I, okay, nine. if I remember World Darkness correctly, you could just do it with standard difficulty of six. Yeah. Um, and then basically, then you roll the stealth of the NPC that's hiding from them. Okay. Uh, and basically, it's like a, basically a straight it's like a success target, comparison. A tar- like they, they had the same target number, and they're like, okay, this guy or got three successes, so the only person who got three or more on their perception is this person, and that's right. the one I could go with. Yeah. But you could you could probably add their perception and whatever together and make that the target number for the yeah, bad guys. You could probably do it as a static value, too, yeah, yeah. if you want to do it that way. Yeah. The, um, I, you know, just a very short tangent. Sure. Did you look any at all of the, the new 5th edition... Vampire? I downloaded it and I scanned through it, but I have not. <laughs> Sorry, it's on my face. What? I mean, I'm because I I have a fuck ton of second edition books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when Revise came out, I'm like, I'm not going to rebuy everything. I've got right. these all, so I kind of stopped buying them and Revise. And I'm because happy that Order didn't Darkness get into V20 either. Did uh, you? Well, I mean, I'm happy it came back. But it's like, but I don't need to buy it. I still have the books. I right. just got to know the timeline's been advanced and what's changed. Right. Well, they 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 move the the target number. Your target number is now Always. how many successes? Yeah. So that's from Exalted. Oh, that's it is. what they did okay. in Exalted. Which I think that's your target also number new is now world, six all the time to roll on mm. the D ten, huh? Isn't New World the same way? I've never played New World. Uh, Requiem. It, mm, I, think? I think it's still just one success, but I think you add dice or subtract dice from oh. your pool. I think. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. It's been a long time since I read it. Yeah. yeah. No, but I say rereading Exalted. And that's actually Exalted's where it's a flat target number and your difficulty is a success. So standard difficulty is one, yeah, yeah, one yeah. success. Right. And then more successes. But they also got rid of the uh, ones canceling out successes thing too. Okay. So, so you only botch if you have no successes and ones left over. Right. Yeah, I haven't actually I downloaded it. I haven't looked at it yet. I'm still a little... It's very, it's very brief. Yeah, it's just enough rules to run the scenario that yeah, they've yeah. sent because they want to see how well the rules are. Mm. Is it still basically old world darkness setting? It's or? changed. Yeah. I don't know what's changed, but it's it's advanced. That's yeah. what they tend to do, right? Well, yeah, that's uh, what that, they did from old to new. That, right? that they even second edition revised. They advanced it because uh, now the the apocalypse is that much closer. And so what, what, what old to new wasn't. It was a different setting because they basically had the apocalypse happen. Right. <laughs> old world darkness is ending. There's right. a different setting that's similar. <laughs> Buy some books. <laughs> right. But V20 was supposed to be, here's the vampire rules, setting's up to you, there's no meta plot, yeah. you can just do whatever well, they, 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 cause I want. Because I, I do play Pillars, which is the Rachel Judd's thing, mm-hmm. which is the same V20-ish LARP version. Mm-hmm. And so they sort of said, well, what if the Week of Nightmares and Apocalypse wasn't so grand, just some bad things happened, but didn't actually end anything and stuff continued, what yeah. would things be being like? So it's kind of the same setting, but past, we thought the apocalypse was happening, but it didn't. Right, yeah. Which is what every generation thinks. Yeah, this, right. <laughs> the world is going to end this now, right now, now. Right now. <laughs> this Tuesday. All right. As, as, you, as the only non-vampire player, I'm going to get us back on track here on uh, the okay. uh, script here. <laughs> Why don't you be GM? Okay. You be. Oh, we need Walt, Walt reading? and right. Thoros. And I'll be Thoros. All right. All right. You're walking through the woods, Walt. A shiver runs up your spine. Well, let me just say, this is this is uh, pre-rolling initiatives for better narrative flow. Yes. yes. Right. And scene. <laughs> You're walking through the woods. Walt, a shiver runs up your spine as you hear a twig snap in the underbrush on your left because perception was pre-rolled. And out of the corner of your eye, you catch movement of a furry beast and a glimmer of light off a fang. 
you're pretty sure it's a dire wolf, and you have the feeling it's not alone. I call out a warning to my party and cast a spell. Smart move. They didn't get the drop on you. As you present your staff, ready to cast your spell, the massive wolf bounds from the bushes and charges directly at you. Tharos, your years of training have honed your reflexes. As the wolf charges forward, what do you do? Stepping between the wolf and Walt, I drop the tip of my spear and dive it into the beast. Rolls dice. Does a 16 hit? Yes, it does. Eight damage. <laughs> and the combat continues. I prefer this over the Nancy. typical... Nancy. <laughs> you went right? That's right. And cut. Eight damage. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> I prefer this over the typical system that breaks the flow of combat just as the excitement hits and asks everyone to do some math before battle. If you find that you've used up all the rules they've given you, pause to ask for another set of rolls. It's much faster this way than asking a single, uh, asking for a single number every time combat starts. I'm going to do that for an initiative in a vampire. Because I have to, t- I have to <laughs> tell everyone how to do initiative in vampire every time every we single get time. combat. So you can literally, even before you start recording it, uh, right. and roll initiatives. And I pre-rolled five initiatives for people. Because you could do initiative. I mean, that's simple. Yeah. yeah. To have everyone... Yeah. Give me five it's initiative just one rolls. die plus the two yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. I don't remember what they are right now. That's one of the problems. <laughs> Reflexes uh, no, and... No, uh, dex, dex and wits. And wits. Dex and wits. Yeah, dex and wits okay. plus one d10. Uh-huh. Stage directions: Intermission, cue drinking music, drink, music fades. I like I like the, the initiative thing. I really like the initiative yeah. thing because that you know, thing too. I, I think about <coughs> this all the time, right? I think about this all the time. Like, wow, the narrative would move so much quicker if you know, because I run classic D and D a lot. Just roll shitload of D twenties for me. Give me the numbers, right? It would make things so much quicker, but then I also think about all the times when I've been, you know, clustered around a table with my buddies, and we're playing, and we're involved in this combat, right? And and everybody watches the dice rolls with such like, <gasps> oh yeah, what's going to happen, right? Oh yeah, the, yeah. There's some drama there. Yeah. There's some drama in watching those dice hit the table, yes. and see what you get. And so I'm really on the fence about it. I think, I think it it sounds so cool. I'm well. I mean, you guys know I'm a total dice guy as it right. is. So I just think I don't know. I'm I'm totally on the fence. I, I'm actually with you. I'm of two minds of it. Uh, on the one hand, I can see how that could affect narrative. On the other hand, there is that moment of excitement, and there is the the anticipation of who's going to go first. And oh, I hope I roll high enough so that I can go and you know disarm him before he's able to use the orb of you know. Summoning, yeah, exactly. You know, or, or oh, if the cleric goes first, he's gonna have to hold his action, or blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um. Actually, I think I roll. I lean more towards the the actual dice rolling at the time because it seems to me that the narrative, the narrative control, is. It feels too much to me like just telling that story. Like if you're just gonna play a narrative type game, that's great. I love Amber. Amber Diceless. Yeah. Who doesn't? She gets around. But <laughs> as, wow. a, as a callback. Nice pull. Nice pull. Um, right. but, uh, but not all my games need to be that. You know, and yeah, in some yeah, and yeah. in some where initiative is wonky, like how would you do that in Savage Worlds with the cards? Right. How would you do that in Wild Talents, mm-hmm. where where you've got that one roll engine system? I'm wondering, and and I think I saw something about an online game here, but I wonder if pre-rolling wouldn't be better for an online style game where you're playing like a mm. Google oh, Hangouts sure. oh, or sure. Roll20 or something. You start the game, 
tell me your you know ten d twenty rolls or whatever, and then you get into the game. Yeah, set it up like a spreadsheet, and that way you can just click. Yeah, click, yeah, yeah. And I click. think that that might that might be better. I'm not sure. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. You should try Darn it. Darn it, I'm going to try it. All right. Yeah. You know, I, I I have to say though, when, when I was playing fifth edition D and D, and I had them go up against the Nomir Hedge Mage guy, <laughs> and we were all ro- everyone's rolling initiative, and I rolled the D twenty out under the table, and it was like a three. So he went last, and he was dead before he got his turn. <laughs> that was he. I am no mere hedge. Bleh. Right? right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, he was killed after like two characters went. Yeah. And then like, oh man. All right. He wasn't a hedge mage. He was a speed bump. Yes, <laughs> he was. He yeah. was. And like all of his like hirelings and henchmen who were there with him are like, oh, oh, and they just ran. Because they're like, we're here to protect him, and, and we failed. And so he, he done, he done, be dead. <laughs> right. Because so. that's why I, I, you don't just, you don't just have one big bad. Yeah. You have all of his people with him that kind of protect him when they just bypassed all of them. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. All right. So everyone, get into the wayback machine. The year was nineteen. <laughs> Thanks. Jinx. <laughs> The year was 1983. I was 15 years old, and I had been an active participant in our local scouting organization for about 10 years. We'd camped out in winter with only a single match and a tarp to keep us warm. We'd but you had each <laughs> Timmy, do you like movies about gladiators? <laughs> I apologize to all scouts now and in the future. Uh, We'd hiked across frozen lakes. We battled mosquitoes the size of small birds. I'd had my first (coughs) beer earlier that summer while camping with some local scouts before the Jamboree. But more importantly, a few years earlier, I'd stuck my head into a tent filled with boys who were all sitting around with papers and dice, building a story of heroic adventure. Yes, D&D, ghost stories, and 14,999 other scouts all gathered in the mountains for fun and adventure. The showers were terrible. The bathrooms had no privacy. We were burned by the sun, snowed on, rained on, and then burned by the sun again. And that was just day one. <laughs> oh, what a glorious time it was. Day trip to Banff. Another day at the Calgary Stampede. Songs to sing, stories to tell, and memories made. We gathered our maple syrup and invited as many scouts as we could manage to join us for a pancake breakfast, then surprise them when they found out they were dining with Lord Robert Baden-Powell. Any Should we know who, who this who's, is? Who's, yeah. who's, who's, who's we all looking at Stu for is this, scout is this knowledge. The well, king Lord, of Scot- Sweden or whatever. No, it was Lord Baden Powell was the founder of the scouting movement, and this must be a a, a descendant. Ah, okay. okay. Because I mean, he, he died in the yeah. I was going to say scouts been around for like ever. He died in the teens <clears> of the twenties. Yeah, he fought in the Boer Wars. That's how old he was. Hey, you don't know? Maybe ends a vampire. Maybe it was the actual could be Lord. Dun dun yeah. dun. Twist. Was, was it nighttime? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he did say he was burned right. by the sun. No, and no, surprise no. him when we found they then. were dining was, with Lord Robert Baden Powell, which is at night. You dine at night. Oh. I wonder if he never drank. Maybe wine. <laughs> Try the wine. <laughs> <laughs> I still have friends from my old scout troop, as well as some traded badges and languages that I can't read. I don't know what scouts is like today, but back then it was a great way to introduce a kid to just enough freedom to get into trouble, but not yep. so much trouble that he couldn't get out of it. I'm glad that other gamers had the fun in such experiences, too. I guess that's enough for now. I'm going to listen to the rest of the episode now. Game on, my friends. And then from Canada. P.S. It's you. 
not us. <laughs> now this is actually a second email he sent. So <laughs> I, I just added it as a sure. PS. <laughs> all right. Hey all, Ennen here again in episode 1904. So 19 number f- ep- uh, season, season 19, 19 episode, episode 4. four. Yeah. Uh, you see, I see. I thought this was proof of my uh, vampire theory here. Yeah. Uh-huh. 1904. Uh, you. <laughs> Way back in 1904, yes. when it was first embraced. <laughs> well, when they made the wood box for D&D. <laughs> Yet lined in silk and um, <laughs> Well, actually, that was the early 1970s. <laughs> in uh, Season 19, Episode 4, you mentioned Canadian bacon and blamed us for the stupidity of calling a slice of ham Canadian bacon. <laughs> yes, I did. Having been raised in Canada, I can assure you that here in the Great White North, we refer to bacon as bacon and ham as ham with no confusion. I have no idea why our southern neighbors have chosen to give it a ham a second name, but as far as I know, the term Canadian bacon is only used in the U.S. of A. Really? Wow. I actually heard that as well. I am verklempt. Mm. I'm not verklempt, really. Yeah. I'm flummoxed. (laughs) flummoxed. (laughs) It's marketing. It's all marketing. Yeah. Canadian bacon is the same meat that we'd use for a pork chop. That means it's lean meat rather than the fatty strips that we fry up and call bacon. It seems that back bacon, a term not widely used in western Canada, where I'm from, is the same swine flesh that you call Canadian bacon. Here in the western parts of Canada, we just call that ham. Okay. Two pounds of back bacon. (laughs) We have learned a thing. And a beer in a tree. (laughs) We now return you to your regular scheduled program, your partner in creativity, from Canada. Thank you very much. We are educational. (laughs) For for those that were confused about the the, the Boy, Boy Scout side story, he was at the same International Scout Jamboree that I was. That's that, are they talking about that one? Yes, that, that so was the exact same. That was the one you went to. Yes. Were you in that tent playing D and D? No. Oh. Uh, Do you wish you were in that tent playing D and D? Probably. <laughs> uh, there were there were no gamers in my contingent that went to the World Jamboree. Ah. Because um, generally, what they do is they build troops. They build a troop with a bunch of scouts from different districts because you're going farther away, hmm. right? It, when you do a national one, like the, the Long Beach Area Council would send a troop of 40 kids to the, to the National Jamboree. Mm-hmm. I went to one of those, too. There we did play all kinds of games. Uh, Raid on Iran had just come out. Uh-huh. Uh, the Steve Jackson games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little, the little plastic games, box. Yeah. yeah. Um, we played that and other stuff as well. But um, there were no gamers in... That's, in that's the, almost like a war game. Did you guys have defenders? <laughs> is that part of, that part of your no uniform? Mini- there's no miniatures. <laughs> Did you have little stacks of counters? <laughs> of course. And you, an argument phase. You, 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 <laughs> we had an argument phase. Yeah. You used your patches to slide them across the board. Um, yeah, I mean, they're scouts. They probably had their tape measures and everything. Going. And there were some, um, I don't know if they were they Air Force brats or... Uh, they were either Air Force brats or Navy brats who had been joined with our... Um, were they scouts or just... They were scouts. Okay. They were... American Boy Scouts from the Philippines. Jeez, because there was okay. a Boy Scout. They were they were the 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 sons of servicemen who were stationed at. Mm. I'm assuming it's a Navy base yeah. in the Philippines. Is it in Manila? Probably. Yeah. And um, so they they only had like there was like two or three of them. So they joined us, and they were ga- all gamers. So anyway, very anyway. cool. That's why that that's why he that story is there, and that's why I put it on the show. Because I happened to be there, and yes, the, the the bathrooms had no privacy, not even like little like short walls. You ever been to Angel Stadium? Uh, I 
Not that I recall. Maybe in a trough. It's like a twelve foot long. Yeah. Trough. Okay. I'm talking about toilets. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and you're camping for a week, so you're gonna use them. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> no, no holding your poop for a week. So it, it's it wasn't even like the ones that have walls, but no door. There was no walls, no, no door. No walls. Nothing. It was like a prison, like, well, it was like, it was like four cell? toilets. It was like, sitting right it next was to a te- It was a tent. <laughs> and there and there were they like pit toilets. Eight. Toilets? Yeah, there are pits. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and literally they built and pits cut and holes in these things. And one, two, three, four, so five, six, like seven, eight. not even separate facility, just one long board with holes you put your ass right. on. <laughs> Whew. You know, I probably would have held my shit a whole week if I was in there. Everyone tried. <laughs> Everyone tried. No one succeeded. Yeah. Like, I get no, one, just no, one, the no one used them day one. <laughs> Thursday, <laughs> but by day three. Thursday, Friday, everyone's sitting there going... And the thing is, you're screwing yourself over if you wait too long because they got foul. Oh, <laughs> because they're not cleaning them out. And there's like they dug a pit, they built the substructure. And when you all leave, they're going to bury it, and they're going to put a bulldozer and boom, done. Oh wow! Oh, that's, that's yeah. Yeah, that's, I think I just go to shit in the woods. <laughs> I'm going to go make sure there's no poison oak up there. Just get it. That's a bit vital, right? And there, and there was all kinds of. Um, Flies? Shenanigans involved with the showers. You think? Because many <laughs> scouts... 15,000 men- boys. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Most, most nations have co-ed scouting. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So all kinds Ooh. of shenanigans were happening, mostly with American and Canadian scouts because we weren't co-ed. But there's all the European scouts were. Except England. And, and so there's like... And they and they would they would set it. it. This is now the boys shower. This is now the girls shower. And it was a chain link fence around this big area. And there's a bunch of pipes coming across. And there's showers. Well, you're in an area with elevation, so you can go <laughs> climb up a hill <laughs> with your scalp binoculars. Get your scalp binoculars out. <laughs> and they were routinely were trying all kinds of things to move stuff around and do all kinds of things to, so they could maintain some level of privacy, but. Wow! By God, you got, you know, it, probably half the people there. Maybe not a little less than half. Maybe a third to forty percent of the scouts there are either Americans or Canadians because there's a lot. Obviously, a lot of Canadian yeah, scouts because yeah, right, right. they're, they're 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 and they're, we're right next home door. and right, we're right next door there. and we have a lot of scouts. Yeah, I mean, there's a, we're there's a probably country. back <laughs> then there was probably as many scouts as there were Canadians. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it, it, it very well might be because you're talking hundreds of millions versus yeah, yeah, you know, sure. tens of millions. So yeah, the, and we wanted. I don't say we we because I never thought of this myself. They were never French, right? No, no, there were French ones oh. too. Yeah, wee, wee. Uh-huh. See that we we? Yeah, yeah. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah it was quite. Yes, I did. It was. It was Stu, Stu was just upset because he didn't get his perv badge that year. I did not get my perv badge. That year. <laughs> But I, so there, a lot of people tried. A lot oh, of people tried. How many were successful? I, I have no idea. I have no idea. But and they were they would get in trouble. Oh sure. Yeah. Okay, give me the camera. I don't have a camera. <laughs> Dude, we saw you up there. Well, this is back in the Polaroid days. So I've been like, yeah, exactly. Or just to the filming. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait. Put the, put the powder in the thing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but it was probably it was probably flash cubes, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Flash cubes. Yeah. yeah. One, uh, one ten film cartridges. There were yep, ca- yep. <laughs> there were there were cameras with built in flashes by that point. Vivitar had made one. I think. Yeah, it was probably like the one ten ones that looked like yes, like yeah. the nineteen eighty cell phones that came out. Right. 
<laughs> exactly. Right. All right. Minimizing prep in an online game right. from Brad from Midmo. Go clockwise then. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Take it, new guy. New guy. It's good to say that. I mean, you're just having a good time. So, minimizing prep in an online game. Brad from Midmo. Greetings, Stu, and the Happy Jacks crew. I stumbled upon the podcast about six months ago while reading through the Angry GM's archive, and he mentioned being a guest, and come to find out a divisive one at that. Angry GM? No. Never. <laughs> Since then, I've been a regular listener and have cherry-picked my way through the backlog. That said, here is my first email. Slacker. Congratulations. Well played. Well played. Here's the quick rundown. I recently returned to the hobby with the group I used to play the D20 Star Wars game with in high school. We are spread across the country, so we started playing a game on Roll20 run by my friend. On the back of this, and after listening to the podcast, I decided to get back behind the screen. Now, I used to run right. games in high school and early college, but it's been about five years. He's not that old. <clears throat> <laughs> so I assembled a group One from my high school group that hadn't played Since our half-assed games in those days One newbie and one veteran player I know from my local bar And we have gotten off to a bit of a sloppy start Part of this I am sure is the rust of time Caused by my not running a game in a while Part is having some inexperienced players But I feel like the part that is causing me The most problems is playing away From a physical table mm-hmm. I've never been one to do a whole lot of prep With maps and such I usually just have an idea of what encounters may or may not happen and let my players do what they do. But doing work on the fly seems tedious at best in an online game. If I need a map for, let's say, a combat, and I don't already have it prepped, the game sidelines for 10 plus minutes while I sort through the Roll20 toolkit to draw something up. After that delay, it can feel like my players aren't really in the game anymore. We are two sessions in, and I am really excited about the world I have built and the story structure that I want my players to explore, but I'm just not sure how to do this without upping a bunch of prep that may or may not even get used. I'm fine with that at a real table game, because I can map on the fly when the unexpected happens, but it seems to be a hindrance (coughs) in this case. So I guess the question is, how can I maximize my prep in an online game without forcing my players into rails and making them use my prepped material if they want to explore something new? Love the podcast. It's a great way to eat up a chunk of my time as I drive around the great state of Missouri a few times a week for work. I promise to make my way out to Strategicon. Uh, yes. Woo. <laughs> Don't worry about the spelling. But, and maybe even run a game sometime. Drink Woo. a beer and pot away. The best spread from uh, mid-Missouri, we now have confirmed. P.S. Have Angry on again sometime. It's nice to listen to him. Keep Stork in check. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> to you, Brad. Yes. To you, Brad. <clears throat> So here's what I found out about running games online. Now I'm going to point at the camera as I do this. Gesticulate wildly again. If you... <laughs> Thanks for my hand right here. <laughs> <laughs> if you play an online game using Roll20, I found that the players expect there to be things put on that screen. But if you play it on, say, Google Hangouts, you don't have that same expectation. Everyone kind of falls back onto a more mm. theater of the mind type thing because they don't have a big empty, empty. map, mm. st- empty grid staring them in the face. If you're going to play Roll20, I think you really do need to spend some time getting your maps together and stuff like that. Even if you don't use them. Um, and you know, you said yourself, that Roll20 has a big catalog of stuff you can do. You've got to go through it, though. Yeah, but spend those ten minutes, a half hour before the game starts, just to flip up a couple of maps that you think they might use if they don't use them. No big deal. But you can do that quickly. 
The other thing you can do in Roll20, and I've done this before, is they do have drawing tools. So you can real quickly just like go, eh, here's the room, and eh, this squiggle over here, that's a bed, and this <laughs> round thing over here, that's a fire pit. That's what I've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it does give you that. It's not ideal, but it gets the idea across really, really quick. And that's and you're not going to draw any better on one of these. Yeah. yeah. I'm pointing down to our... Down, we have a right, right, um, grid map, map on the table. You're about yeah. Yeah, same thing. It's uh, pretty much the same thing. You just take your mouse and I can never make like anything remotely resembling what it's supposed a square to be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or a rectangle or any sort of shape with actual 90 degree angles yeah. when I'm using my mouse. But you can draw. You're like, yeah, it's, it's a room. And over, like I said, over here is this and over here is that. You might want to look at that. But I would really recommend if you're going to use Roll20 Real, Real to spend a couple minutes just getting some maps together or learning those drawing tools well enough so that you can just sketch something out really quick on screen the same way you would do it on a battle map. Now, I, I have to admit, I haven't played anything on Roll20. I've downloaded, I've, you know, get their emails and everything, but I've never jumped into a game. But it seems to me that the best thing that you could do is remember, um, unless the it actually displays, like, what map you've grabbed, the players don't know what you're going to do. So if you have a bunch of maps that are that are different sized rooms and they decide they're not going to go to the wizard's tower and instead they're going to explore the sewers then just grab one of those same maps you were going to use for the tower drop it in and yeah, say exactly. hey look you found this big room in the sewers and you're being attacked by shit goblins like they don't know that you didn't have that planned ahead of time exactly there's there's very little difference between a dungeon corridor a sewer and a back alley I think you nailed that. I was going to say, like, have some generic maps, but yeah. probably even simpler is, like, make your maps for what you're going to do, and but don't put the names on them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Here's a room, here's a hall, here's a thing, and if they go some other direction, fine, that room's now there, and just, just drop them in. I will say it might depend a little bit what system you're using, whether how critical a map is, because if it's... I mean, I've never actually played 4th, but, like, sure. you know, 3.5, you definitely had to have the maps of, like, for flanking and all that weird 4th crap. 4th definitely had to have it. 5th, yeah, exactly. you can Actually, 4th, you but don't if you make just a really easy um, adjustment, which I've done on the fly as well. Yeah. Everything that says spaces, tell your players that one space equals 5 feet. And then you can play it exactly yeah, like any right. other edition yeah, and just like go, the feet only thing, yeah, it's yeah. 15 the feet only, away, the you can use your power. The only problem is that if you play a controller... Now you're really kind of hedging and fudging what you're doing because yeah. I mean it's like they slide characters. This you know. I mean, I'm, right. it's, it's not clear here but, if he's playing D20 Star Wars that, I mean, again or not. If, but if you <laughs> want to go back all the way to the to the history of you know D and D, there were a ton of spells that did that already. Oh like yeah. When when yeah. you pulled down an ice storm, and you had to just just describe how many goblins got <clears throat> caught in the sleet, right? And which ones are going to slide and which ones yeah. are going to do whatever. Right. It, really, no difference. But yeah. you could also try. And, and this is a little bit different, but you could also try switching to like Google Hangouts or something and just seeing if you can pull like a theater of the mind type thing off. I tend to run online that way, and I have been told that sometimes you still do want a map, if for no other reason than just to help illustrate my dude's here, there's an orc here, and there's another orc over here, and then like, you know, just so that people get the idea. You don't even have to keep playing on that. You know, you can say, okay, here it is. You're here, orcs here, goblins here, go. Now, can you replace an image for your camera on Google Hangouts? Can you? You can share your screen. 
Okay, well, you can yeah. probably... And, if, and that's what I've done. In a yeah. real pinch, you can do something like that. Yeah, what I, I, yeah. What I do either during the vampire game, during the, the fight that just started, I sat with a piece of paper and I kind of drew out a little map about that big. Mm. And I said, this is kind of what the situation is like. Yeah. You guys are over here, these guys are over yeah. here, and there's you know guards here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. And yeah. then everyone got it. And we didn't need to... A yeah, huge map, but you can give like a little telestration. Yeah, exactly. You know, like that, that, and that's and a bit system based because some system you can th- vampires are good for more theater of the mind stuff. Yeah, exactly. they're not that precise. Whereas like in like you get fourth or third, where it's a little more like okay, how many steps can I take? And you, the grid helps. And and who which which bad guys can I put in this box? Yeah. for my spell yeah, effect. Exactly. The other thing again, is I'd be like. Um, I mean, because we talk about having generic things like a generic hallway or corridor or alley, you could probably theater the mind that as you describe, yeah. and only really prep a map of something where you need a map. Because yeah. I almost never do maps in the ones I've run. My dad don't run systems where maps are as critical. But in the last table I did run, it was like, okay, you guys are assaulting sort of a little compound. I have no idea how you're going to do it because I definitely one of those things where it's like, I'm going to present the problem. I ain't going to tell you how to fix how to solve it. You right. guys solve it for me. But I say, you know something? I need a map. So I did write a quick little just. MS Paint <laughs> there was, yeah, a map Paint's really good for that <laughs> You know just to say Where are you guys You're here Okay you're hiding Behind that building Or kind of thing There was another game That I read Which had a really Interesting take on it It's always been In the back of my mind That I want to try this Because I think you could Patch this into any game It might have been Fate mm. But what it said was You divide things up Into zones Oh yeah yeah So like That's if you're thing. in a house Your kitchen is one zone Your living room Is another zone In that zone you can get to anyone in the zone with right. you. Huh. So it doesn't matter if the orc is on the face. other side of the kitchen. He's in the same kitchen zone. So yeah, you can just step over to him and attack him real quick. Right. But if he's in a different zone, then it takes some time to get into that next zone. I was thought, that might work really well for an online game, regardless of what mm-hmm. system it is. Because you could easily say, the hallway here, that's one zone. Mm-hmm. This room right off the hallway, that's another zone. Mm-hmm. You guys are fighting in the hallway zone. You, wanna, you guys are fighting in the. the if the you want to change zones, takes you one to two yeah, rounds. That, to that's do like it. nope. That's a next turn thing. You'll, yeah, exactly. You, know, you are running now. You're you running now. Next turn. <laughs> next turn, you'll be in that zone, and then right. everything in that zone is. And I think it might have been fate. It sounds vaguely thought, familiar, yeah. which I've read. Fate does Dresden. that, and um, Dungeon World does that to some extent as well, with their ranges being kind of near and far and close mm-hmm. and and stuff. Yeah, yeah sorry. Again, part, part of it's what system you're using is going to factor <laughs> in whether you can get away without maps or not. I haven't actually played a PBOA game except for Spirit of 77 where it never came into to play, so Dungeon Worlds where I'm a little more familiar with. Uh, I think the, uh, Edge of the Edge of the Empire, the FFG Star Wars games, mm-hmm. use a similar thing where it's like yeah. you're in this area, so... yeah. yeah. And that, that's that's their maps are built that way too. The maps they give you in the yeah. in the little intro. But things. it's also designed specifically to circumvent that. <coughs> the entire point is they don't give you specific laid out maps because exactly. they want people to say, "Oh, I dive behind the computer banks." That's true. That no one knew we're there until you said, yeah, that, "Hey, there are computer." If you have a game right. where you can just, just we're on a desk around, around you. Of course, there's, there's going to be computer we, banks there. Right? That, yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point. You can't have a two fixed a map if it's like I'm going to spend a fate point and suddenly there's a you right, know, a gargoyle here that has you know for me to swing off of. But yeah, I've, I've always wanted to try something. I, th- I think that that would work really well in an online game. Especially especially if you want to do very theater of the mind, you would be replacing all of the little square you know, mm-hmm. manipulations with this zone thing because it would be like, well, the orc's four squares away and I've only got three squares of movement. You're saying, ah, forget that. Yeah. You're in the same zone. You can get to him. It's no problem. Yeah. Right, so, right. Right. <clears throat> all right. Uh, thank you, Brad from Midmo. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Con Game Horror Story from Harold in St. Louis. I think this is my turn. Go. Yep. 
dear, oh my god, <laughs> say it, say it. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, okay, I think this is probably the best one I've seen so far. Well, I liked this pad when I was twelve. I want my Twitch TV. <laughs> Dear Stewie Lewis and the Douches. I want a new game. <laughs> so I, I went right to Power of Love. <laughs> it's yeah, the power uh, of a dime. Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. I started listening with season 18. So I have no idea why everyone calls you folks douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But who am I to challenge tradition? Because we'll cleanse your palate with a flavor. <laughs> Go back and listen like the first five seasons. You know, I think you'll figure it out. Well, that's because Tappy was on. <laughs> Did Tappy take the douche with him when he went? <laughs> you know what? This... <laughs> I believe I know. Love you, don't Tappy. quote me, but I, both Tappy and Stork claim that they were the first to use the term "douchebag" on the show to describe someone. We can verify that. I mean, it's, no, I've been through, through that backlog. I don't want to dive through it again. I'm not going to go back. That's not the the. It's not important enough to me <laughs> to no. go back. I tell you what, by by the next Tomorrow Legion, I will I will go back and listen to the okay. first, you the first five brave episodes. Man. Wow, because it shows up really soon. So right. I'll, I'll okay, get. okay. I hear you like gaming horror stories. Yeah. I'm fortunate that most of my gaming took place with an awesome group of friends. Con games are another story, and one in particular stands out. All right. The game was Ashen Stars, a sci-fi game using the gumshoe system. I chose to play our ship's tactical officer. My character sheet had a variety of skills related to space combat, which sounded really cool. Spoiler. None of those skills were ever used in the course of the game. <laughs> this made the character really dull to play, but at least I learned something from it. Lesson number one. For one-shot games, give the character skills they can use. Yes. <laughs> We've talked about that. If you yeah. if you actually do want to go back into the backlog, we talk about that many times many when you start talking yeah. about making con yeah. game yeah. characters. Yeah. Yeah. The real horror to this game, however, was the captain. It should have been a warning sign when the player sat down immediately and asked to play the captain. As the game began, it became clear that he would be a problem. He interrupted and talked over the other players constantly. If the GM tried to directly address another player, the captain would even cut off the GM to badger him for information. You might be wondering why we put up with this and didn't tell him to shut his trap. Perhaps his... Temerity. temerity. My glasses messed up. Perhaps his temerity threw us off, or the awkwardness of gaming with strangers cowed us. Lesson number two. Your gaming time is too precious to let jerks ruin it. Damn like this deserves a story. Let's repeat that line, because that is <laughs> really <laughs> good. <clears throat> Lesson number two. Your gaming time is too precious to let jerks ruin it. Right. It's not an easy lesson to learn as you might think, but it's it very is. important. That's true. Now, our crew had been sent to investigate a space station that had suddenly gone quiet. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We arrived to find it on complete lockdown. According to the station commander, someone tried to get a harmful organism past the filters, which Tribbles. triggered the lockdown. Oh. Tribbles. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that's not how you pronounce filters. <laughs> Coincidentally, they're they long... give us something, Mr. Proby. <laughs> they give us love. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get an obscure reference in there somewhere. 
Coincidentally, their long-range comms were also down. A normal crew might have boarded at this point to investigate the station. Not us. The captain proceeded to spend the first hour of our four-hour session trying to solve the mystery at hand from the comfort of our own ship, while the rest of us drummed our fingers. Once we finally, FINALLY went on board, we found that the sensors were triggered by deadly plant creatures that had taken over most of the station and killed a good number of people. And I hate when Bush goes bad. <laughs> the security officer and I were actually given something to do. We were sent down to engineering to get the power core cleaned out. This meant combat. The captain, having no combat skills, was content to let us actually do something. The GM had emphasized to us just how deadly these creatures were, so when several charged right at us, we began firing. GM, roll to hit. I miss. Uh, well, roll again. I miss again. So what happens? Security officer, why don't you roll? <laughs> Lesson three. Don't ask players to roll if you can't allow them to fail. Don't design scenarios <laughs> that require success or the story has to stop. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> your randomizers will fail you. It's so <laughs> just the way it's going to work. Eventually, the party learned that everything that had happened was the result of a gangster attempting to smuggle biological weapons through the station. We found a vial of fake weapon. A, a vial of fake weapon? We found yeah, a, a vial, vial of fake, weapon. A fake right weapon. It doesn't seem like fake weapons should go in vials. <laughs> it's yeah. a very small the weapon. Biological weapon. weapon. Well, bio, bio weapon. A fake yeah. bio weapon. Oh! Okay. It's a, fake, it's a bio weapon. So, it's yeah. a fake How do I fill my weapon? AK in a little vial? <laughs> This is why it's I'm fake syphilis. Still, this it's is why I'm still probing. It's fake syphilis. <laughs> it's the little cricket. <laughs> it, yeah, that's right. We little dirty. Uh, we found a vial of fake weapon, and it became clear how we were supposed to end this. Open it in front of the gangster, and his resulting horror would be proof that he knew it was dangerous and thus responsible for smuggling it on board. We tried to talk through said solution, but the captain once again shouted us down and took the lead. He marched us into the gangster's quarters and declared with unfappable coincidence, we or know... Confidence. What's that? Or confidence. Or confidence? What did I say? Coincidence. Uh, coincidence. Did I? Yep. I need my glasses checked, man. And declared with unflappable... Unfa... Shit. <laughs> unflappable. <Cut. laughs> unfappable. <laughs> and declared with unflappable coincidence... Confidence. Shit! <laughs> 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 Failed that perception roll much? Take nine. <clears throat> and declared with unflappable confidence. We know, you're, we know you're responsible for smuggling bioweapons on board because you know this is a fake vial of the weapon. What? 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 The rest of us just sat there stunned for a good bit. The captain's look of smug satisfaction told us he had no idea how badly he just screwed that up. The GM, for his part, managed to take it in stride and wrap up the game anyhow. Lesson number four. There is no solution to a problem so obvious that the players can't screw it up. Is true. Is true. Although this game was a hot mess, I've played in some awesome con games over the years at Charm City Game Day. If you're in the Baltimore, D.C. area, it's definitely worth your time to check it out. The URL is www.charmcitygameday.com. Harold, St. Louis Mo. Oh, oh. St. Louis, Missouri. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excellent. 
Yeah. Now, see, I, I want to give the captain one benefit of the doubt. We haven't seen the sheet, and maybe he had the Savage Worlds uh, hindrance big mouth. <laughs> flawed douchebag. That's it. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> that. Flawed yeah. Right. Bring it back around. But yeah. I'm sort of like wondering, like for a con game where I have the pregens, would I actually make a PC the captain? Because I would almost no. want like someone to have happened to the captain, and now the PC's got to figure out who the fuck's in charge because the person right. who would be telling him stuff is just like caught the disease or whatever the hell's going on. Right, right. Like yeah, like all of the, the the captain and all of the commander level people are all dead. Yeah. So you were just left with a bunch of lieutenants who are all the same rank. Jib ran a Savage Worlds Weird Wars Rome game. Mm. I played in it. Gina played in it. A couple of people played in it, and I played a. Um, I don't know what it's called. It's been a long time. But I was like the son of a noble, and I was in charge of the whole thing. And it was actually awkward mm. for me to be in charge of the other players because I was like, because they're friends of yours. And well, it's not only that, but it's like I shouldn't be ordering. Your character should be able to do what your character wants to do. Your character should yeah. be able to do why what your character should do. Why am I robbing you of, of yeah. your agency? You're like exactly. taking away their, their agency. <laughs> you choice. go over there and guard that door. Yeah. All right, fine, I'll go guard so, the door. Now, the fact that you felt awkward about it is because you were actually a decent person and care about their enjoyment of the game, right, which obviously right. this captain did not. And, and, right. and that's and that that gets that that gets to that question is mm. no, I don't think you should have. Well, you can you can have one. I think. Uh, I've seen players do it where they just kind of dumb down that their, that character. Yeah, I dumbed my character down crazy. Yeah, because yeah. because uh, that that yeah. gives you you give people orders and then you turn around and they're like, oh yeah, you ordered me to do something stupid again. Let's it, go ahead yeah. and ignore that. What I did was what I did was. So, uh, what do you think we should do about the wolf right over there? And then you'd say, and then you'd say, we should probably scare them away or something. <laughs> All right, let's go scare away the wolves. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Sure. We're scaring away the wolves. Yeah, I did a lot of that in the game, and that's gonna be the kind of captain that consults his senior officers to do things right. and such. But yeah, or has no clue how to handle any situation. Yeah, <laughs> so but then that's, that's the catch of the con game is if you don't know the personality who you're going to get them. Especially if someone comes in and insists they want to be the captain, I'd be like, right? Yeah, no. Here you can be the you're the one person who should. Well, be exactly. The it's almost the axiomatic of you don't want you don't want to give the job to anyone who asks for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, I think I got to be plot on DK. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't ask to be. <laughs> like felt bad for people. Uh, I was a, a teenage DM horror story from Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I should say this is Brian that was in my old gaming group in college. Hi, Hi Brian. Yeah, 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 do we, do we have the Do we have the soundboard? Because the female scream for <laughs> I was a teenage <laughs> DM horror story. I don't have a, a teenage. I don't have. Well, the what about the what, what, what ah. one? The the evil low chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I can hear, I can actually hear it yeah. through your headphones. <laughs> That's actually me slowed down. Is that you? Is yeah. that really you? It's me a lot of soundboards are him. Just to, to wait. <laughs> I don't know about Stu to recognize when he's doing it to himself. <laughs> My favorite? Badass. Badass. <laughs> well, now you've encouraged him, so he's going to do it. I can find it. Is that a badass? What is, which one's badass? Is that a badass? Easy roller. No, it's a nope, nope. <laughs> that's not it. Oh, there it is. Badass. Yeah. Badass. <laughs> I gotta get that moved up here somehow. Yeah, because I can't see it very well. Couldn't you? I don't want it up here. I don't want it up here because there's too many wires connected. <laughs> you don't want it up here because then you should be going. <laughs> no, there's yeah. too many wires. <laughs> I got enough wires up here anyway. Uh, anyway, hello, douche nozzles and baguettes. It's Brian W. writing in again from Osaka. Yeah. Oh, is this Chronovore? Yeah. 
Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Friends Who's watching light bulb. Bing. <laughs> Friends and the undead worm, spelled W Y R M. Yeah. Stu and Bill may have have been on hand for this GURPS yeah game. <laughs> like we put yeah. it in, put it in the script. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, as a few of them were run in my apartment in Bonnie in the Bonnie Dune area of Santa Cruz Mountains, and this is back in the days when road trips for RPGs seemed rational. Uh, <laughs> in, in that apartment, Bill became infamous for being able to turn any cave description into something truly lurid, for which he we still treasure him. Stu is still famous for his patience and the uncontrollable lust of chocolate-covered espresso beans. Hey. I ate. <laughs> A quarter pound. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, Christ! Covered espresso beans, and I was up until like three thirty uh. or four o'clock in the morning. And I don't, I don't know if the story's in here, but there's, yeah. Brian's like, I mean, wow, Stu is really wired. I can't even focus on anything. <laughs> I hear him say it, but I don't realize. He says, "Watch this." He comes up behind me, and goes, "Boo!" And he screams and like sort of like touches the side, the sides of my ribs, and I jump like a foot and a half in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that was very good on the old uh, digestive track either. Uh, track. Don't recall it being a problem. Ah, uh, okay. It probably just shit all out really fast. <laughs> well, yeah, that's. I don't. Rec- I don't think it was an issue. Really? We, we're probably because of all the crap we were eating. Because oh, no. we're gaming. Yeah. Counter each other. Gamers yeah. don't have the best diets. No. No. Hey, bowel movements, discussions on heavy jacks. <laughs> Back to human centipede. The group was and a ghost full circle. The group was fighting. Feed her. The group was fighting the most massive monsters my setting could, had to offer. A worm. Essentially, I actually stole this for. I don't remember what game it was for, but I stole this for something once. Um, the worm is essentially a horde of zombies version of a rat king. It's in uh, Eldemy. Oh, it's in Eldemy. Okay. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Pulsating many limbed lump of stench and death. So it's like a giant worm of of zomb- zombies put Corps, together? Corpses, yes. Yeah. A mound of flesh. Awesome. Yeah. One of the characters, Franz, uh, had been grappled by the worm Franz. and was Franz and was stuffed into its <laughs> mob. It up <laughs> and was in the process of being unwillingly incorporated into the beast. He was able to make occasional rolls versus health to avoid ambient damage and take slurps of fetid air to avoid suffocating. But was unable to make the strength checks needed to wrestle his way through gristle and decaying organs back out of the worm's mouth. In essence, he was unable to take regular action during the duration of the battle. Uh, the player was a real champ about it, resisting communication with other other players, never whining about being uh, being his lack of uh, current uh, being his current lack of never whining about being his current lack of agency. I think he's being saying in never whining about losing his or about being mm, in his current being lack in of his agency. current lack of agency. Mm. Oh now, yeah, okay, there you go. Now France is an unusual critter, a bad-tempered little person. Uh, who may or may not have non-human blood, who had previously gained a quirk that he was fascinated with gore and disgusting things. Here, he had been trapped in a viscous, oozing sack of death for about two hours of game time. Silently, the player waited. When the worm was finally defeated, Franz was hurt but unconscious, but hurt but conscious, and he was able to fight his way 
out once the worm was no longer animated. As GM, I said, Franz carves his way out from the side and says, That was awesome! Franz's player was understandably livid. He noticed the same in-character opportunity and patiently waited for nearly two hours to say the line, but then I, as GM, put words into his character's mouth. I'd taken his moment away from him. He'd turned bright red and screamed, (coughs) You fucker! I may have given him some uh, espresso beans. Um, (laughs) He lobbed something at my head, but the impact may have driven the object uh, type from my memory. Um, I still feel bad about it. The Happy Tech RPG podcast is surely my favorite podcast. It's fun to listen to you guys chat and revel in excellent games and pretty good beers. Uh, if I'm ever able to sit sit in, uh, I'll bring a couple decent IPAs for the crew to enjoy. Take care. See you on the forums. Brian, P.S. Fuck this P.S. rule. <laughs> <laughs> Chronovore and I are going to be playing in a, a, are you? A, a, an online game. Oh, awesome. Brian's a great player. Great player. Yeah. But he... he Great GM too. He ran a he ran a. Um, it was a post apocalyptic game, where we made ourselves as characters. In fact, this fantasy world is a continuation of that beginning. Ah, okay. And we started out as ourselves, and uh, woke up, and there had been like <coughs> all these some sort of bomb test out in the middle of the California desert, and it had repeated over and over again, and basically caused the dead to rise and. Oh, obliterated cool. almost everyone. Not not almost everyone. And then when we played it, it was like right after the apocalypse. So we're like running around trying to gather weapons and supplies and vehicles and stuff. Yeah. So we can survive this zombie horde. And then uh, at some point we realize that that these bombs are, have some sort of, or we get into a situation where we can't avoid one of these things. And let's say let's try to get to the very center of it. Maybe if we get to the center of it, it won't affect us as much, like you're the eye of a storm. Yeah. And we did, and it transported us, and he had planned all this out. It had transported us like a thousand years into the future, where the post-apocalyptic world becomes this fantasy world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, cool. That's pretty cool. It was it was very fun. I ended up being a, a, like an earth mage. I tried to do a fantasy world like that, oddly enough, in GURPS. Like that once before, where it was at, so far after a post-apocalyptic game that, like, any bit of, of like today tech, even though it didn't work, was probably rusted. They were considered relics, right? And the the coolest part was, magic was not powered by mana; it was powered by radiation. So, if you failed your spell casting roll, you'd take radiation burns. Yeah. Awesome! Oh, cool! I thought that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. Bill had made a character for it because he was not in the original game, uh, and he made a character who carried a uh, a giant. Two-handed mace called Violation, <laughs> and it was actually a, um, a street meter. A street because <laughs> someone had cut it off at the end, so it's basically that big, like right. three-inch pipe, yeah, yeah. the big lumpy head, and it said Violation. Violation. <laughs> <laughs> that, is nice. that is pretty awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> it was a very yeah. fun game. So right. we'll say it's sort of a very simple thing, but you know, he touches on it like an amateur GM. Don't put words in your players' mouths. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. be careful of situations where you dictate their feelings or their actions. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. sort of a common sense rule, but sometimes you need to yep. say it. You forget sometimes. You get caught up in things. Yeah. Don't try not to. Try not to. Everyone knows. All right. Well, thank you, Brian, for the email. Yeah, that's, right. that's it. That's all. That was it. All five emails this time. Yeah. Uh, five. Is there anything else we got? Uh, Strategicon coming up uh, September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Yep. Mm-hmm. I booked my room. Booked your room. Uh, I 
scheduled the show for Saturday. Okay. Uh, I have not scheduled games yet. He was uh, uh, mentioning that we didn't schedule it last time. Oops. He was mentioning the schedule what? Kimmy Missing some objects in the Kimmy, uh, oh, schedule the game at, at the sure. last game yeah. con? Yeah. I thought I may have told Kimmy to do that. She probably didn't. Schedule or she made, the show? Yeah, yeah, because we schedule it as an event. Right, right. I mean, we could just call them and say, but mm -hmm. do that so they know we need the space. Yeah. Um, so we'll be there. Uh, I will be running something. I don't know what yet. I, I may run a Moment of Truth game, maybe a Blood, Blade, and Tusk thing. Because people seem to be really like that setting. Setting sounds awesome. So. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was thinking about maybe running another vampire thing, like doing like a four-person vampire game that well, has some, cool. sort of like what I did with Rogue One, that has something that may or may not affect what happens further in the game. So. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Do you have anything? You're going to run anything? I'm going to run a Swords and Wizardry Dragonlance game. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, um, you mentioned Strategicon. Dying Kingdoms doesn't go to all the Strategicons, but we will actually be the September one. Okay. Um, so um, we do more tabletop days on the Saturday, um, but Sundays are usually our court game. Yeah. And so we'll have like some cast characters uh, to play if you want to come check it out. Um, I, I remember hearing, uh, I think it was on the last one of the podcasts where we were talking about how sometimes the LARPs at the Strategicon aren't film feels accessible. And I can sort of see where that's coming from because, like with our game, a lot of the people are playing their characters they've been playing for years in our right. game, and so it's like, oh, we want people to come try it out. We'll have cast characters for you, but like, you right. know, we want to well, give it a chance. The the um, they're going to have a LARP one hundred and one, yeah, this year, or this at, at this that's year's true. con. I think Mike Leader might be doing it. Mm -hmm. Actually, no, mm -hmm. it is. Yeah, so that that's yep. made for beginners because they don't want people like just like you said. Yeah, you've got a whole bunch of people. They all know each other. They know their characters, and they there's have all kinds of interactions. And then you bring the new guy in. Yeah, and, exactly. and no one wants to be the prick who's like interrupting stuff that people are expecting to happen. You know, yeah, even yeah. if that's not what would happen. You just don't want to be that guy. Oh, it, it can be intimidating. Um, well, but it was also I know that, like I actually new guy have that. I, I actually have that experience um, where I was at one of the strategic cons. Uh -huh. I did sign up for a LARP because a friend of mine was really into it, and they gave me like a cast character. But you feel like I've never done this before. I feel like a real idiot, and then all these people who are so yeah. into their characters and are like, ah, uh, I don't, kind of I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm supposed to be like this badass dude, but I've got no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah a cast character is an NPC, basically. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, for because for the card games, you basically will give you a character that pretty much you'll play through most of the game because. Partially because depending on which hotel you're in, a lot of times actually fighting with foam swords is not allowed. So sure. usually for conventions, it's, it's a court game. So forsooth, there are guards, and you're not allowed to bring your swords unless you're noble enough to have one or have a skill to hide one. Right. Uh, and so, but you would try to have like so it's a little more. It's for our people who are may have made more political characters to then be political and do the stuff. Sure. And we of course we make uh, cat characters to play. And so if you really want to try what the Buffalo Arps like, I'd recommend coming to NBC, one of our like either day games or camper events. Of which the next one is uh, the weekend of July 7th, 8th, and 9th. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually, I believe the campsite's called Black Mountain, but it's kind of out in Idlewild. Uh, okay. thing. So it is a little bit of a trek. Um, yeah, hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, and come to DyingKingdoms.com to check it out. You do need to be able to bring your own tent and stuff. So it is a camping thing, so you need to be ready to camp and sure. bring food and things. Uh, but they have running water though. Um, actually, those are things. So that particular site, I'm actually not sure they do. But Ooh. we're actually planning to bring a water truck up, like a tank, oh, for okay. that reason. Because most of the sites we use are the more luxurious ones, where there's actual showers and flushing bathrooms. But right. one of the problems with us being so big, some of the group sites can't hold us. Like there's right. a cap, and we exceed it. Right. <laughs> so we're trying to look for other options how, out there. How do you do knives or small blades? 
Because it seems like it seems like even if you make a buffer weapon that's short, mm-hmm. it's still going to hurt. Very pointy and yeah, still yeah. going to hurt because um, it, does, it doesn't have a lot of that flex. So, the uh, buffer weapon would so have. yeah, it's a different thing. So, um, I think one of the things like uh, for stabbing isn't allowed unless the weapon is thrust safe. So, like for a dagger, unless you've got like about three or four inches of just foam that collapses, you really can't oh, okay. stab it. Okay. You just have to hit more like this. And we have like a minimum length of at least 12 inches on the okay. blade. Um, there are throwing knives which basically have no core at all. It's just foam so you kind of fling it, but they're floppy and they're not going to hurt you as much. Um, I mean, there, there are much. certain... Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, mean, I mean, it's the thing. I mean, you're not throwing them hard. I mean, I mean you right, right. can get hurt, but you know... Watch like, the eye! Watch the eye! <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, most, most people's face. swords aren't what I would call thrust safe, so you can't actually do a fencing move and thrust right in, but you can get one where if it's got enough foam on the end to squish down enough, then you can be a little more right. fencing style. Um, but that's kind of the safety check, and we have NPC weapons. So if you want to check it out in like a camp, you know, a camper is a good way to come. You don't have to come for the whole camper, too. You can just come out on Saturday if you want to make the trek up. And that way, if you play that, means you'll be the monsters we fight. You might be like characters in the village they're going to be defending. You know, we might toss a roll at you. Maybe we'll give you a bigger roll. Maybe you're playing a number of small roles. But especially just being the beasties, it's a great way to test out. Am I cool with playing a game where I'm going to be hitting people with foam rods and people are going to be hitting me with the foam rods? <laughs> right. You know, and being an NPC is an easy way to do it. With, you don't need a costume. We'll give you some. Just bring black clothes, like a like stage crew, and yeah, like, yeah. have things to throw on you, some basic stuff. And you can try it out. And your job, if you're, I'm you know the wolf that's going to go in there, is go in there and die. All right, respawn. Go in there and die again. And <laughs> the fights is just I'm supposed to there and they give them a good good fight. Right. So cool. It's a good way to check it out. Excellent. And and we're one of many LARPs in Southern California because yes, we have a plethora of <coughs> people who have theater experience and love right. playing these things. Yeah, and, and a lot of Lyft drivers too. <laughs> drivers too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's funny because I, I I had I went and had a colonoscopy. Which is exciting. Um, <laughs> when you turn fifty, you get to do that. If you had, you're not fifty yet, are you? No, no. Okay. I got a couple years left. Don't yeah, it's, it's something to look forward did to. You, did you buy you dinner first, or was it? No, oh, no, <laughs> no. No. no, no. I wasn't even completely out. I was only partially out. So, but uh, I took Lyft there and back. But the Lyft driver there was a actor who's. Oh yeah. And you could tell he did, totally had the the right look for an actor, and he was. Looked like he hadn't eaten in six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> nice guy. He's been, he's been surviving on uh, top ramen for a while. Yeah, and uh, parts from all. The but on the on the way back, this is the first time I've had a lift driver that was a woman. Really, that's pretty rare if you think yeah, about yeah, it. Especially, yeah, yeah. I mean, when most people use it, it's going to be at night. They go out drinking or something, and so suddenly you get a bunch of drunk guys in the car with this woman who's by herself. Yeah, yeah. It's a scary thing, right? Yeah, totally, totally. So, yeah, but. Um, how messed up is that? That that's a scary thing. I know. Well, it, yeah, but it, it it is. Yeah. And, but she she basically doesn't do like after a certain time at night mm. because that's when all the drunk people come out. And then the, and she said the thing that I've always found true, which is if you're the one sober person in a group of drunk people, drunk people are really annoying. Oh, they are. <laughs> oh my god, they really are. She was very funny. But anyway. Um, I don't know why I brought that up. Oh, because the actor thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've had actors. Four or five. I've only taken lifts, maybe six times total, and I think four of them have been actors. It's the new waiter. Yeah, yeah. at least here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Well, yeah. I mean, not knowing people who actually are SAG actors. I mean, they spend a lot of their times without actually on set trying to get jobs. So right. they're at home networking, oh, going yeah. online, doing their resumes, and all that fun stuff. So yeah, they're available to go lifting. It's a. It, it uh, that's a tough. That is a tough, tough thing tough. to get into because there's totally a lot of people yeah. who want to do it, yeah. Oh, yeah. and people are coming from all over the world to do it here. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. That's why I'm a computer programmer. 
No, in high school, I was a big theater guy, and I thought I'm going to do theater. I will be an actor for all of my life. And then I was like, wait a minute here. I don't. I don't look like Tom Cruise. I look more like Pee Wee Herman. And that role's already filled. <laughs> the world already need, only needs one. That's yeah. Right. yeah. It only needs one Steve Only one. <laughs> so uh, maybe I should rethink this. Right. Can we can do a program soon. All right. Should I call it? It. Sounds good. Unless the chat chat room has any questions or something we didn't answer. <laughs> no. No. I heard Will was in the Twitch chat. He was. He was. I, I, I don't know if he's, I think he said much, though. Not that I've seen Thank you for joining us for season 19, episode 13 of Happy Jinx Surfing Podcast. My name is Stu. Oh, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sorry, I'm too busy mugging. <laughs> oh, it's him. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it. Yeah, I'd say it. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Edward. You want to say it again? I'm still Edward. Yeah. Uh, don't forget Strategicon September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th We'll be there you got, you uh, what, what, what weekend is that? Uh, Dying Kingdoms July 7th, 8th, and 9th uh, okay. Go to DyingKingdoms.com or the Dying Kingdoms Facebook group Excellent, thank you very much We'll leave you with a song Thanks, Thanks. Chad Tonight, oh love, fare thee well. With me to the idle doodle dum da Me to the idle doodle dum da Me rakes fall to the laddie. Oh, there's whiskey in the jar. Oh, whiskey or the devil, you're leading me astray. Over hills and mountains into America. You're a sweeter, kinder, decenter. You're spunkier than tape. Oh, whiskey or my darling, drunk or sober. Well, the French are fighting boldly. Men are dying hot and coldly. Give every man his flask of Powder his firelock on his shoulder, oh love, fare thee well. With me to the riddle doodle da da, me to the riddle doodle da da, me rights full to a laddie, oh there's whiskey in the jar. Oh, whiskey or the devil, you're leading me astray. Over hills and mountains into America, you're a sweeter, kinder, decenter, you're spunkier than tape. Oh, whiskey or my darling, drunker, sober. Says the mother, don't you wrong me, don't take me, daughter, from me, for if you do, I will torment. And after death, me ghost will haunt you, love, fairly well. 
With me tether right a little the mada Me tether right a little the mada Me rightful to a laddie there's whiskey in the jar Oh, whiskey you're the devil You're leading me astray Over hills and mountains And to America You're sweeter, kinder, decenter You're spunkier than tail Oh, whiskey you're my darling Drunk or sober Oh, whiskey you're the devil You're leading me astray Over hills and mountains and to America, you're a sweeter, kinder, decenter, you're spunkier than Tay. Oh, whiskey, you're my darling, drunk or sober.